The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by two fine co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Heininger. And this week, we are talking about a very short game from a developer that we've talked about on the show before. We're talking about Chop Goblins from David Szymanski. And I hope I'm... We, I, never, I never actually confirmed that I'm pronouncing his, his last name correctly, so... Um, that's on me, but I'm pretty sure it's S-Z-Y-M-A-N-S-K-I. I hope I got that right, uh, Mr. Uh, David. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> just call him Mr. Just David. Keep digging. That's just keep digging. Perfect. Keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. Deeper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a, uh, a short uh, FPS in the sort of boomer shooter genre. I can't wait to talk about it. It's a, It was a lot of fun playing for the show this week. Uh, just took about 30, well, they, they described the game as taking about 30 minutes. Took me a little longer because I'm not that great at it. Oh, I'm same with me, uh, yeah, which we'll talk same. about. Yes. Yeah. But before we do that, I wanted to, I'm debuting a new segment here, guys. You sound Uh-oh. so evil doing that that I'm scared. I know. I, I haven't been able to be on the show for, for, for several weeks now, and now you're scaring me. I haven't come up with a name for this. I just, I thought we needed a little extra something at the beginning of the show before we jump straight into talking about the game of the week. You know, sometimes we do our little, okay. uh, little, sometimes we, sometimes we got something, you know, hot and ready and we can, we can do some good banter before we get into the game. And sometimes we need a little extra push. And so, uh, I thought, you know, well, uh, what if I, what if I ask you guys, a a gaming related question? What if I to, spring some banter upon you? Yeah, Right. What if I force you into the a banter-shaped hole? Um, and uh, so I, I thought, you know, this week was the Game Awards. And, uh, I, you know, I follow those a, a little bit. I, I kind of pay attention to the Game Awards. And uh, one of the things that I am always bemused by every time is that the uh, there's always the awards for the content creator of the year. And there's awards for like, um, you know, the gaming, like a uh, competitive gamer of the year, that kind of thing. And they all have these names. And I, I don't, I don't think it occurred to me. I technically I'm a content creator, right? And I don't think it occurred to me when starting the show that I should have a, a cool gamer name for myself. I've never done that. You know, looking at content creator of the year, we had, uh, you know, normal human Carl Jacobs, but then we had Ludwig Nibelion. He was banned or quit Twitter recently, RIP, uh, No Brew, and QT Cinderella. Uh, and uh, <laughs> looked like Ludwig was the winner this year. Congrats to Ludwig. Um, and it made me think, like, what if you, if you had to do it all over again and you were going to come up with your gamer name for your content creation empire, Laura, Oof. Nate? What would you be called? Oh, it definitely wouldn't be my Xbox name, which is Spider Laura, which was made out of panic. <laughs> See, um, I like sweat, Spider Laura, Spider which I really is, love. Yeah, but that's I would one want of the a little bit names. of separation. Like Spider Laura, I think is just one of the things. Every time I go in, someone laughs at it. I love it. However, if I was creating stuff, I'd want like a level of uh, separation from my life. So I'd, I'd want the anonymity of like a real yeah. weird name that has nothing to do with me. I think it's a hilarious one here where like it's obviously me. Everyone knows it's me. It's Spider Laura. Um 
So I wouldn't choose my own tag. <laughs> Nate, would you use your tag in the wild? Well, that's what I was going to say. Probably, because I love my tag. So I, I use this for most sign-in. They're most like, yeah, gamer tag or whatever, which is uh, get paid for free. Um, get <laughs> paid. Still really then, Every time I love it that. shows up, I laugh. And, and then the number four and then free. This is my totally legitimate friend, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> get paid for free. Scammer. I love it. Yeah, it looks like a scam name. But then when you really think about it, get paid for free. I mean, what more does anyone want than to get paid for free? That's the American dream right there, baby. And so I think that would be my uh, that would be my streamer name or or whatever, it, whatever you want, whatever this is that you're asking us. My answer remains yeah. get paid for free. <laughs> It's a great answer. I I, uh, I brought this question and I don't have a great answer for it myself, <laughs> making me the ultimate podcast hypocrite. I would probably yeah. go with something. I you know I, when I'm uh, creating names in games these days, ever since uh, since uh, Chicory, I always go with something pasta related. So yeah. I'd probably be like Mister Pasta or Pastabilities. Uh, duh, pastabilities. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm just trying to think of something with pasta and podcast, but I can't come up with anything that isn't just like pause cast. It's like pasta it already, cast. It, it, pasta. We should start a pasta cast. Are there any pasta based podcasts? If there aren't, there should. I side There's tangent. Gotta be. I There's had gotta be. A you mean a side tangent from this? Yeah, Laura? from this. <laughs> Last night, I expressed the opinion that Campanelle is the best pasta to my husband, who was completely floored. It was like, where is this coming from? I've never heard such a wild opinion. Remind me what that is. It's what is the, the shape of a Campanelle? It's the one that's it's broad and flat and has ridged edges. So it's like wavy edges, but it's 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 like a normal Chinese mm. noodle, but it's got wavy edges. How wide are we long. talking? Um, probably about uh, like a thumb knuckle from the your knuckle to the uh, top. Like a thumb. like oh okay, so kind of like a really narrow, long um lasagna noodle. Yeah, like a like you took a lasagna noodle in its waves, and then you like just cut a line down the side. And, I don't know if I've ever had so that. What was it before? Well, that's why he thought it was such a wild opinion because I that's what I would get at Vapiano's, the place where you like pick your own noodle, and I tried yeah. all of the noodles systematically because I'm a very logical person in a world and, where rotini exists i don't understand what you're talking about here oh well everyone just google it anyway um so i've already been uh I, i'm ready for a pasta podcast is what i'm saying i apparently have hot topics next episode's uh question uh will will be about pasta then we'll we'll, we'll see if i can make that happen where, and your aim to do a gaming related question of the week is already <laughs> already failed <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, we haven't answered if, this one, and we're going to ask a pasta question next week. Listeners, if you have a suggestion for what to call this other than Reagan asks a dumb, slightly gaming-related question at the top of the show uh, segment, um, maybe let me know. And you can hit us up on the Discord or on uh, Twitter still, I guess, sort of, is a thing. And I'm working on setting up a Mastodon account for this show, but I haven't done it yet. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, hit us up. I have thought of an uh, actual uh, there, answer. There oh, are, okay. um, there are, uh, Laura. I want you to get to that, but more importantly, there are a bunch of pasta pa- podcasts in production. Of course, there are. At this point. <laughs> of course um, there are, including my favorite of name is Big Pasta Podcast. So shout out to them. Um, eh, they haven't put out an episode in like six months, but hey, that's okay. That you know, pasta takes. How much time. activity really happens in the pods pasta space? You know, like I think once every six months is probably good for keeping up with the new shapes 
Mm. Yeah. I know Bucatini has was had a moment last year. <laughs> so hot right now. I, I'm, I'm not. You think I'm kidding, and I'm actually not. Um, Laura, you said you had a legit answer for this. No, no, Reagan, we're, we're not. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd make a play off of, like, get good, but, like, never get good or, like, get bad <laughs> yeah. or get mediocre or something like that. I'd be playing with those variants, like, yeah, like acknowledging the fact that I'm never going to approve as a, a game. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm about. Like, refuses to get good, the gamer tag. Uh, that's, you know, I've, like a lot of podcasts, a lot of gaming podcasts and, and people in gaming here have some, like, Twitch streaming element to their show, you know, and we basically never do that. Um, and I think it's, besides the timing commitment, all the other things that come with streaming is like, I don't think any of us on the show actually consider ourselves particularly good at video games. Like we have our Mm -hmm. little genres that we're good at, you know, like we definitely have some strengths. Three out of five gamer, something like just expressing my mediocrity would be my tag. Like the only way we are gaming our our Twitch streaming would be successful is if it was baked in that you're going to watch some people be really bad at games (laughs) for not just that, but also have to like, take breaks every 15 minutes like that's the thing <laughs> yeah. about about uh like streaming that really is daunting to me is like these streamers don't seem to have um kids running through the backgrounds of their streams or have to go get up to change a diaper every, i mean i've seen like 20 yeah. minutes i've seen significant others and babies come in for a second and there was a moment where uh um i was watching a mario world uh the mario maker streamer and he cussed so loudly he woke the baby up and he looked he looked defeated and i was like oh this poor man like he yelled at the screen like fuck and then like you heard a baby cry and he just oh and like looked so upset and i was like the most real i've seen a human being on a stream so (laughs) yeah like it's real um shout out to everyone who's creating content and waking up their children i feel so bad for you shout out to everyone who's able to stream oh, that ain't me it, no well no. with that let's talk about the game of the week <laughs> and that is <laughs> chop goblins from david sismansky Sz- um so we talked about his um his pre he's had he said quite a year uh his previous game this year was um uh, iron lung which got a lot of uh, like I think good reviews. It was another very short game in a lo-fi kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, I think people said a lot of things about it being like PS1-esque. This doesn't feel quite as much like that, but he's and definitely... And we did an episode on it. Yes, exactly. We did an episode <laughs> on it. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and it was great to play a game that was like such a nice, like tight thing. Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with his work, and I wasn't really before we did Iron Lung, um, like he's sort of famous for being the creator of Dusk. In fact, on his on Twitter and a lot of places, he's just listed as Dusk Dev. Um, and you know, Dusk was like an extremely popular um, what's what's become known as the boomer shooter genre, which is I think a very funny name for um, shooters that kind of harken back to the old style of Quake and Doom and maybe like Duke Nukem 3D and, um, you know, some of the other like early shooters from that era um, that do just sort of look and feel and play different than modern shooters. Modern shooters are, you know, they have have certain like different elements about like how they're simulating things. There's just, you know, usually they're just, if you've played a game back in those days, boomer shooters 
are uh, are very much more in line with the sort of fast, frenetic, um, but sort of like weird uh, vibes that you would get from something like Quake than they are to like modern Call of Duties or something the like that. Big boom shoot go boom not you're an old person <laughs> i'm not sure that's true i always interpret I it as sure. they are shooters for boomers yeah because, i wasn't sure yeah i well i i don't know um you know i think definitely there's a lot of boomers out there who uh who played those uh those shooters i i am not a boomer do not identify as such um but i i've definitely played a lot of um you know, my options were limited because, first of all, my parents were skeptical about violence in video games, but also I had Max at the time. And so the only um, one of those sorts of games I sort of played in its era was I played a lot of uh, Duke Nukem 3D until my mother discovered that uh, we found out you could go into the strip club in that game and throw <laughs> money at the at the pixelated hook uh, strippers and they would take off their tops and show you their boobs um and uh, my mother was absolutely horrified and I'm confiscated sure. our cd-rom um but that's my most of my experience with boomer shooters of it of the of the like original ilk and uh I, do you guys have, did you guys play shooters in that era i barely played any video games i i, I sucked at goldeneye um that's about my experience with shooters um I didn't play video games much growing up because they were outlawed. And so, like, the yeah. thought that any games were outlawed, like, think about a shooter like this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Reagan has met my mother um, <laughs> thinking about, like, the fact that she thought Mario Kart would be too addictive. Like, think about her trying to watch me play Quake. Uh, I'm sure she would have loved it. Mm-hmm. All those demons. Uh, Nate, how about you? I did. I did. I played... Um, a fair amount of these types of games uh, on PC. And then also, yeah, like into the N64 era with like Duke Nukem 64. Um, one of the games that I played like the most of though, from this era that uh, I played an absolute ton of, and I feel like I'd never hear about is a game called heretic. Have any of you played that? Oh yes. Or, or yeah. even Wasn't heard it of like this? A, like, it was like a, a doom, not, not like a sequel, yeah. but like they used, they used the engine from, I think doom. And it was like, um, more, um, horror or like mystical yeah. or something. Right. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, it's literally been like 25 years since I played it. So I have only vague memories of it, but it was a, uh, it was very much like doom. Um, but for, for whatever reason, um, I had it and, you know, it had all these like wacky guns or you could shoot, turn people into chickens and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I played a lot of, uh, doom, Duke Nukem, a little bit of quake. So this game was like definitely a bit of a, um, you know, a callback for me. Um, I, I haven't really kept up with the genre. Like I know everyone says the doom that came out, what's it been like four years now ago, four years ago or so is, incredible but um i, I think people were really yet. really into doom uh 2013 and i played a bit of it mm. i didn't finish it it was pretty pretty cool um but the the sequel to it doom eternal um i think it was a little more mixed reception but people do seem to like mm-hmm. it yeah and yeah. i will say for context the reason we're talking about this is i think um as someone who's played none of these games I could see that there were references being made. I didn't understand and I was fine with it. Uh, but I would love to hear what y'all think. Cause I, I definitely saw like, Oh, this is a very funny game where they're making a lot of references to something. And I mm-hmm. don't, don't see any of them. 
Yeah. So first thing to probably talk about here is that this is a uh, like this, you know, it's, a vi- it's visually very retro looking, um, but it's also very irreverent and trying for humor. That's partly why I think I was reminded mostly of um, of Duke Nukem, which mm-hmm. was in its era, like trying for. Uh, I'm not a big fan of its humor now, Toxic but it, masculinity it, the video game. Yes, but it was very. It was Are trying to be very enough? funny. Well, it's but that you know one of the best single images of all time though. Are you a bad enough dude to kill the president? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely in that in that wheelhouse. Um, Chop Goblins has a similar sort of irreverent vibe. You are playing as a guy who in a you know sneaks into a museum. I think is the setup. None mm-hmm. of this happens. You get like a title card at the beginning that explains the. In fact, let me see if I can find it. Well, you opened a you, box of evil in a basement. Yeah, you accidentally opened up a box of evil that. Oh, here, I have it. I have it. Goblins. The year is okay. night. So this is. Uh, there's there's title cards with with some uh, flavor text before all five of the levels. Here's the one before yeah. level one. The year is 1984. By the way, the game has a really nice like uh, VHS kind of like um, uh, filter over some of it over the the graphics which i think adds to the the retroiness of it the year is 1984 on a whim one evening you decide to break into the local museum's basement and see what sort of treasures it might hold one dusty wooden chest catches your eye you open it and a mob of strange creatures leap out this particular chest was secretly a prison for the malevolent chop goblins lured inside by the promise of delicious cheese and trapped for untold eons they are now loose to wreak havoc on the world once more you know what must be done grabbing an antique dagger from a pile of dusty artifacts you give chase uh this is a very simple game there are five four guns i think or five guns and uh five weapons including your dagger and um uh the there are five levels each one is structured in the very sort of old school fps like get from point a to point b and fight hordes of monsters along the way um all of the enemies are variations on the titular goblins they are fucked up little guys with huge heads and they are nasty fucked faces. up little guys yeah. and just just holding knives mm-hmm. yeah sometimes they wear grandma dresses um <laughs> A variant I very much loved. Yeah, there's the uh, there's like five or six variations on the goblins. There's like little goblins who just run up to you and try to chop you with their cleavers. Uh, There's the green goblins that will throw their cleavers at you. Um, One thing I really like about this is that while the goblins, uh, you know, shots or or thrown uh, knives are like projectiles that move really slowly and you can dodge them if you want. But your, your weapons, I believe are hit scan. So like, I think there's yeah, no they're like, hit scan. yeah. So it's, it's really, uh, you know, I, I like that feeling, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't be fun competitively, but I, I really like that feeling of like being able to dodge through waves of hurled knives and yeah. just taking out goblins at a distance. It lets um, you ha- have that sort of, um, um, kind of like super hot you know the like you're it makes you kind of time yeah feel like you are um especially once this game is kind of about mastery you know learning the path learning um where the goblins are you Mm -hmm. can pull off some like really fancy footwork basically sliding in and around uh you know knives that have been thrown at you while you have your flintlock pistol uh and you know generally one shot kills so you can curve in and out of these thrown projectiles while while shooting little weird dudes in the head 
Mm-hmm. Goblins are definitely having a moment this year, of course, as a side note. Mm-hmm. We all saw that the Oxford English Dictionary had a uh, <laughs> goblin their mode. word of the year this year was goblin mode. And their definition was a little sus, but that's a that's another tangent I will not go down. Sorry. Are you sure? I think yeah. that's a great tangent. I thought it was a perfectly valid definition. What's your thoughts about the ox? Here, I'm going to look it up. Goblin. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm doing it. That's what happens when we cover a game under an hour. We're just like, yeah, it's a 30 minute game. We got to vamp, vamp. (laughs) Um, What's the um, uh, uh, word of the year? Googling, Googling, Googling. This Um, is good content. It was great behavior that is unapologetically self indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's perfect. I, I think. That goblin mode is a little bigger than this. I think like the self-indulgent lazy slovenly. I think of goblin mode as a switch on. Like I, I always think of full goblin mode where you just become feral and the mm-hmm. worst version of yourself. It's not. Um, I don't think of it as lazy or slovenly. I think of it as just like eh, everyone sucks. It, <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. I, th- I suppose it's like lazy chaotic. and slovenly might be part of your goblinization, but there might be other factors as well. Might be more not all goblins. Yeah. What's the uh, the version of the gist? Like it's not misogynist, because but like when you hate everybody, like that's what goblin is for me. Mm. Yeah, everyone ish. Yeah, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just 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 hateful little guys. Hateful, I, I, uh, yes. I've and definitely there's not enough felt... hate in the definition. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's something mm. about the the the, the self indulgence is the aspect that I think that it hinges on for me. Yeah, but it's not you, painting the, your nails doesn't count. Right? No, it's not self care. Mm-hmm. It's like it's uh, it's the anti self care. It's like yeah. It, yeah. It's going it's full goblin mode at Starbucks this weekend. Right, I needed the self destructive <laughs> aspects, like how good it mm. feels to just be destroying yourself. Feels like goblin mm-hmm. mode. Uh, uh, and and to go back to this, the shop <laughs> goblins here, very self destructive. <laughs> yeah, they are full goblin mode. Um, mm-hmm. Are are goblins in, ever not in goblin mode? Um, well, these ones though have, I mean, I, I think we've really just been delaying to get to the real key element of these goblins, which is essentially they are Beavis and Butthead characters also oh, God. W- walking around saying one of like five lines over and over and over, uh, that it, it like, like Great they sound retro, like, Beavis uh, and, yeah, yeah. Like you Hello, hear them through like, the walls. Where's yeah. my cheese? Where's my cheese? I'm going to kill you. My absolute favorite thing they say uh, for personal reasons was that they'll say, I want to cut, which (laughs) first of all is great, but is also verbatim a quote from a thing that my daughter says all the time because she just enjoys using scissors. Uh, She just likes, you know, taking paper with like, I don't know, pictures of Elsa and stuff on it and cutting them out. That's like her one of her favorite activities. And also, I love to let her do it because she will do it quietly without being interacted with for sometimes as long as 30 minutes, which is great for me. And uh, she always comes up to me and says, Daddy. I want to cut. I'm like, oh, my, my goblins. <laughs> oh, I love it. Nightmare. Uh, I love your nightmare child. She's wonderful. Yes, she's, yeah. she's great. But it is like incessant in this game, but it's also kind of helpful because then you know if there are still goblins around because these little mm-hmm. dudes are everywhere. There are so many goblins and they don't really seem to have like I think they purposefully did old school AI also where the goblins are 
like kind of know where you are, but won't necessarily take the smartest path to get to you, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. And the run cycles are treasures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're on like a multi-layer thing, um, sometimes they will figure out like, oh, there's a staircase and I can go to that staircase and, and get up to kill you. But also sometimes they'll just like, Stand underneath you in on the le- mm. the level. Could you below throw a window you. and wave goblin and, knife? Yeah, or and they're like, "I want my cheese." Hello, I want to cut. You know, just over and over <laughs> and over. And you're like, "Fuck!" There's another one around here somewhere. Uh, gotta find it. I mean, I like a gremlin-y goblin. I think that it's helpful to, like, it's just chaos, and I think that's really fun because I, I love that the. Goblins can't figure out where you are, but they also are capable of time travel. Like both things exist <laughs> in this game. Yeah, uh, we talk about the different levels because this is this is my favorite thing about the game. Um, you know, the, the goblins, there's a there's a quote unquote plot to this, um, but mostly it's to get you from one, I think honestly quite well designed retro shooter mm-hmm. level uh after Very another. Good mazy. Yeah, great mazes, lots of like, you know, doubling back on itself and opening doors with with switches and things like that, but in ways that felt really like a like a fun shooter flow and not like something where I had to figure out a, you know, a deep puzzle. Um the the first level is is the, you know, escaping from the museum. The second level, I believe is the streets where you you escape from the museum and you're wandering around and uh, in an area that really that was the most uh, Duke Nukemy of it for me because that game all took place in like streets and things like that. Yeah. That, um, and then the third level was where I really fell in love with the game. The uh, the goblins somehow get a magical time travel uh, Aztec tablet. I think was the the what it told me in the text, and they travel back in time to try t- to Dracula's castle to enlist Dracula in their their fight against humanity and so you go back and you are fighting through a spooky castle full of the chop goblins and the final boss is dracula and that was the best moment of the um so i i don't hope i'm not too spoiling this because this is it's right in the middle of the game but it's a 30 minute game it's really hard not to spoil fun stuff here but but like fighting dracula not in a not an astonishingly complicated boss fight but the music for this game has been great david szymanski he writes his own music he's a he's a composer as well he did the soundtrack for this each each level has its own um fun spooky like carnival sounding music to it um and finally when you get to dracula he sings through the entire boss fight but it is the worst song Mm -hmm. he's just like i'm I'm not gonna do it quite justice unfortunately (laughs) it's not on the soundtrack for me to play but he's like my name is dracula you will regret you ever met me. And he just sings the entire <laughs> time. Repetitive, never gets to the aria. Like, come uh. on. Take, take an opera class. Directly. I just loved it. I, I When he started singing, I just cackled and had a wonderful time killing him. It was wonderful. And, his, and the Dracula model is great, too. He's just like like the minimum viable Dracula in 3D. It was <laughs> really something. Um so, like, we don't need to talk about the. I mean, the, the other levels are great too. Um, what are they? Uh, there's Athens. You go mm-hmm. back to ancient Greece, I guess. Yeah. Sort of. And then there's a futuristic, like, post-apocalyptic dystopia where the goblins have won, and you have to have to stop them in their own time or something. Um, sci-fi goblins. Uh, 
I loved it start to finish. It's great. And the the 30 minute estimate is a little short. I actually spent about an hour or maybe a little longer than an hour on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lose, if you die in one of the levels, it just starts the level over, um, which I think is fine because these levels are nice. pretty, pretty short. And it's yeah. not like, you know, it doesn't do checkpoints. You don't need them. Um, because part of the fun is like learning, learning to get through levels. Like there's, you know, you, what, what, what's behind that door? 60 goblins. Okay, great. Now I know that next time I come back, I'll have the right weapon equipped and be standing in the right spot not to get mm-hmm. killed, that kind of thing. Which also makes you feel like, for me, a person who is legitimately awful at all shooters, um, having the repeat made me feel like, oh, I'm actually very good. <laughs> but I was just <laughs> playing a level I knew where all the monsters were. What like, I love that though. Like that's such a good feeling. It's like having a, a uh, 2x speed button on the early levels where mm-hmm. you get to run through them. I I if it's going to be this short, sure, like make people replay. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's got some uh you know, it's designed for folks who if you like this kind of genre, maybe you're interested in playing it for score. There's a score readout on the screen where you can you get extra score for things like collecting chop coins and there's secrets Love all throughout coins. the levels if you like mm-hmm. find certain things you shoot that open secret doors or you know double back and find things in places that you might not expect. I love secrets in FPSs like this and it does a great job of hiding them. Um, and it's also I think going to be a decent speedrun game because it's so short. I think you can you can you know you could make a case for this being like a really good thing to focus on as like a, a really contained small FPS speedrun game. So um, I think there's a lot of a lot here despite its very short length. I can see people watching this like during a speed run, just going completely nuts over the explosion animation when you when you shotgun someone in the head. It is a firework, uh, yeah. and I think that I could see that being a thing that everyone like cheered and shout about. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very showy game for as short as it is. Like it is fun, it is silly, but it takes its mechanics seriously. Mm-hmm. So there's it, it's irreverent. It's not. Sometimes we play funny games that do not have the basics down and the coat of paint is great, but the basics are really frustrating. This is a very solid shooter with funny stuff added on top. And to me, that felt very different than some of the other games. Yeah, played. this didn't have to be funny for it to be fun. No. You, They could have stripped away all of the humor and this would still be an enjoyable game. Whereas mm-hmm. like, I don't know, um, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion or whatever, like if that game wasn't funny then there would be there's, no there's reason nothing else there play. yeah there's nothing else there yeah the uh the humor worked for me but even if the humor hadn't worked for me i think the mechanics would have held up and the humor yeah. even if it if the humor didn't or doesn't work for you i think it uh, it's not so obtrusive like the goblins are like you know weird little dudes and i chuckled at them quite a lot but like even if you're not chuckling at them it's uh it, it is yeah. a pretty fun game i quite liked it i don't particularly find like I want the cheese like to be a particularly funny thing. You know, I wasn't laughing a lot at this game, but it there's just enough like strangeness to it that did kind of make me make me laugh. Um, I was definitely laughing more at the like the the, you know, the the, like quote unquote plot cards Mm -hmm. at the beginning of each level and at some elements of the setting. Um, you know, lots of little stuff would crop up that would that would make me chuckle. Like I, I, I don't find the mere existence of goblins to be funny, but like they're you know they're they're part of the whole, and it worked out really well in my opinion. Uh, it's also uh, so this is on Steam. Uh, I believe it's Windows only, but mm-hmm. it worked perfectly fine on a Steam Deck, I uh, use which is nice. And it's fine. 
great. Yeah, yeah, this is something that, you know, you can definitely run this without a graphics card or whatever. Um, and uh, it's five bucks, regular price. I think it's like 450 or something on its like intro sale. Um, and also unlike, so the, I mentioned earlier, David Szymanski's had a, a big year. He had Iron Lung, but also Gloomwood came out this year, which is sort of in early access, but it's more of like a, like his style of game meets a little more of like an immersive sim. Uh, maybe um, uh, like Dishonoredy a little bit, just a bit, um, or or Thief. Uh, that game is really really interesting to me. I played a bit of it, but it does not have controller support, uh, which meant that it was harder to play on Steam Deck. Whereas this uh, has native controller support out of the box, which was a huge plus. I still preferred playing this with mouse and keyboard. I ended up switching to that, um, but being able to just download this for five bucks, install it in 30 seconds and check it out on the Steam Deck was uh, you know, a big boon and definitely helped me decide to to sh- to want to talk about it on the show. So um, big props there. I will say actual mouse, not trackpad. Do not oh, try to play yes. this on a trackpad, folks. It will be a disaster. No, um, definitely but- not. Every once in a while, I grab the mouse that I just bought for gaming and I plug it in and I'm like, yes, this is what this is supposed to feel like. Don't don't, yeah. don't play it on trackpad. Just no, don't. Don't, don't. Don't do that to yourself. No. Uh, anybody have any lost, last thoughts on Chop Goblins before we uh, take a little time for some what's making us happy this week? I just want to say, man, it's nice to play a game that is exactly what it says on the 10 and like – yeah. You want this? If you were in with singing Dracula, if you were in with the description, like it's five bucks. What are you doing? Stop listening mm-hmm. and just play it. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, it's a game that you'll feel good uh, completing too. You know, it 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 is not incredibly challenging, but it's just challenging enough that it takes you. you know, at least for me, who I'm not particularly good at these types of games either, um, but the, it's challenging enough where you're going to die. But mm-hmm. also, everything is consistent enough that you can get good at it, even if you're pretty bad. You know, as long as you, you know, you you start to learn where all the goblins are, and you can actually get to those things where it's like, oh, I I spent three minutes on this one room the first time I got into it, and then the second time I like John wicked the room, you know, just like busted <laughs> in. And like, I know where everything is and they didn't touch me one time, you know, and it's just super satisfying. I also, uh, uh, on a very personal note, so my uh, mortal enemy in real life is um, wet floor signs. I have a, uh, I have like terrible peripheral vision. So I kick those things like all the time. (laughs) And in this, and uh, in this game, they're there. And you can destroy them. So I had a lot of fun going around with my little dagger and just stabbing uh, wet floor floor signs. (laughs) Hey, that's a really weird and specific dislike to have. But uh, cool. All right. I'm glad that was there for you. I'm not alone. So there is a... um, I'm in a Discord server for people who have the same eye condition as I do. And unbeknownst to me, I've never talked to anyone about this. They made... Whoever it is, they made the logo to the... uh, to the uh, discord server a wet floor sign with like a red bar across it you know like the <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh my god there my <laughs> there are dozens of us yeah literally yeah, it is dozens um yeah it was very satisfying so anyway i was like hell yeah every wet floor sign i find i'm gonna stab it with my little dagger 
uh, this is another incredible tangent, but just every time I see a wet floor sign in video games, I think about the wet floor signs in uh, in Streets of Rage 2, where yes. you could knock over a, stre- a, a wet floor sign and underneath would be a fully cut, a fully cooked turkey that you could eat to replenish <laughs> your health. And I'm like, where was that? You didn't see it underneath. the. Fl- it's not like a wet floor sign hides very much. And I love when people when that happens in video games. I don't think the wet floor signs in this game dropped hot loot but i always love when that happens i mean that you know that's my excuse for kicking them all the time is i just want to see if there's a full-on thanksgiving dinner under there what if there was a turkey there and healthcare is expensive in this country if you find that fully cooked turkey then you know that replenishes all your health exactly um, for free Uh, (laughs) the government doesn't want you to know doctors hate this one (laughs) cool trick um so uh, uh so. what's making us happy <laughs> this week thank you thank you to david zizmanski for this great little uh little game gift by the way um this was supposed to launch january 3rd and uh he just i i, I think partly because uh he wasn't sure what was going on with twitter mm-hmm. uh and he wasn't sure where his audience would be and by january 3rd uh, and also just because he said he was bored, he decided to release the game early, which is fun, amazing things you can do when you're a solo dev and you can just put these things out whenever you feel like it. And later on, he blamed it on his cat. And then a bunch of people said a cat released a video game. So I think secret marketing genius. We could secret add marketing genius. Yes, I have that tweet pulled up here. He says, WTF, I just came upstairs to my office and discovered that Zamboni released, that's the name of his cat, I suppose, Mm -hmm. great cat name, Mm -hmm. released Chop Goblins early. They must remind him of himself. And then they have a picture of his cat. And I got to say, this is an extremely goblin-ass cat. Mm -hmm. The eyes seem whiter than they should be. Yeah, there's something flat about the face. Not to judge No, he's a good kitty, but he's definitely a goblin kitty. That is a goblin, (laughs) goblin kitty. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Shout outs to Zamboni. uh, And thanks for bringing us this game a little early. It was the perfect timing. We needed it this week. So speaking of this week, that's a great transition for you. Laura. Speaking of <laughs> time and the concept of it. And how it progresses as we continue our episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, what's making you happy this week? Well, this is a bit of a delayed one, um, but I have been getting um, back into reading after a bit of a break. Um, Naomi Novik released um, the last book in the Scholomance Schoolomance. It's a fake word. Ah, I can fake pronounce it. I read it too. It was great. Yeah, and it's it was fantastic. And I kind of used it as a springboard to read more stuff. I had been getting way too ambitious with my reading. Everything that was showing up in my um, queue from the library was like short stories in translation and like <laughs> long epic books on what it means to be a human and like just the you know dredges of things like what what was it really like to be in a horrible war situation i don't know what mood i was in when i put all these things on my wait list but they must have been hot books last year and i just like wiped the slate clean and i went and i put a bunch of like i put um people we meet in vacation and beach read on which um are delightful and fun yeah. I asked at work for bingeable books, like what are books you binge? And the first person said, 
uh, all of the Inheritance trilogy. And I was like, get out of here. Like, I'm asking for light reads to reset my reading <laughs> pattern. Like, do not come at me with 3,000 pages, folks. Like, I want, like, snack books that I can get back in a habit with. So I went back to reading some Golden Age Mysteries. Um, I'm just endorsing the concept of, like, giving yourself the grace to be like, you know, I'm trying to be to better myself and it's not working. I did the same thing with TV. I'm very slowly watching Station Eleven and loving it. Have I watched more episodes of Columbo and Poirot than Station Eleven at this point? Yes. <laughs> That's okay. Like sometimes you just can't deal with the end of the world and a pandemic situation. Station Eleven is gorgeous. Station Eleven is beautiful. Every time I see it, I'm moved. Sometimes I don't have the ability to be moved by media and I just want to be laughing at a fussy old man. So I'm endorsing the idea of giving yourself a break from the, um, you know, it's like the old DVDs that would sit in the Netflix queue and you had two out and one would always be like the Oscar winner and it would sit there for months while the other DVD that was some fun movie would just get sent back. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I've been doing with my books and TVs. And I feel like I'm just going to accept that that. Yeah. Some sometimes we do entertainment for fun. I Can know, right? It? I I really want everyone in the world to play Disco Elysium, but also you should maybe also just go and play Chop Goblins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like and this in the spirit of Chop Goblins, like sometimes you yeah. just need to play a game because you haven't played a game in a while and you're not up yeah. for the best of the year. Um, you know, give yourself a book that's a Chop Goblin. Give yourself a TV show that's Chop Goblin. Give yourself a Chop Goblin game. Um, give yourself mm -hmm. some grace, especially at the end of the year when everything is stressful. Um, Go full Goblin mode on your media choice. <laughs> read like no one can see your book cover because they probably can't because you work from home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what Kindles are for, man. Like you, no one like has to know. How they put the book art on the front of the Kindle when it's off? Um, uh, oh, well, you're 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 getting you, the fancy Kindle. I get the I get the can Kindles where they've got they show you a terrible ad. No, I paid the twenty bucks to get rid of the ads, and mm. it's really nice to see the book you're reading, unless you're reading garbage, in which case everyone is just like, "Hmm, that's what you're doing now." Hmm. Okay. So that's what you're doing with your life, Laura. Yes. Okay. Reagan, we all know you're just reading lusty Argonian made over and over. And over <laughs> so I wish. Oh, no, my reading habits are uh, trash lately. Like I, uh, I, I'm on book two of a series of. I think they're. Re I'm always mix up my my periods, but I believe they're Regency romances that I cannot recommend to anyone. They're not good. Although the second one is significantly better than the first, so I'm, that's <laughs> what's kept me going. That was like a couple years ago, and I was like, I read all nine books in a series that i don't recommend because i was on vacation and i was like i'm just gonna keep reading these they're mm -hmm. here um i'm enjoying it but i can't recommend it i don't have shame do what you need to do to get by in this crazy world i'll i'll just i'll just say if you like um if you like horse centric uh romances i don't know why oh, I picked wait, is up. the horse wait, part of the wait, romantic wait. pairing or no they're just so the 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 two books in the series uh are, are nate's um, face no one can see this the siren of horse, sussex horse centric romance horse -centric basic. i was yeah, like it's oh, it basically it like regency horse girls is the is oh, the, yeah. the vibe here okay, like, but it's the, not the, the siren of sussex that are garbo in the romance no no i thought i had a very very different no though it's not about it's not about romancing the horse it's just that that um it's like, you know, romance series, they tend to like be like loosely connected. It's like, hey, here's a book. Yeah. And then here's a book about her friend. And here's a book about her cousin. And, and then here's the a book brother. About her friend's friend. And then yeah. The 
And so this is all about a bunch of uh, a bunch of women who all uh, ride together. So they, there's horses on every cover, and they're t- constantly talking about their horses and what their horses like to do and when they're going to ride their horses. I don't care about the horses at all. So, yeah. But uh, I will say that the second book, The Bell of Belgrave Square, is slightly better than The Siren of Sussex if you are really trying to punish yourself with some Mimi Matthews. I've read uh, probably about four or five of these themed books that were all various spy rings, journalist publishing mm-hmm. papers rings. Um, like it, it's fun. Like there are a lot of like, what if Regency, but the ladies were trying to, were actually secretly the Scarlet Pimpernel. And you're like, this is dumb, but I'm okay. That's actually sounds way better than, and we like to ride horses and that's what makes us interesting. Mm. I don't know why I picked these up. They were just sort of at hand. And so here we are. Hey, do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. Um, what's making you happy if it's not these books? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's making me happy this week? I don't have anything to recommend because my life has narrowed down to uh, the hallway in front of the toilet and the toilet. So but what's making not me because happy? Because of you? No. Because here's of the training. fun part. My, I have, I have a. I, so I have a. I have a about to turn four year old. I have a two and a half ish year old, and I have a, a ten week ish old. Uh, maybe a little. I forget how many weeks. I've lost track. Um, and. Um, uh, so the two-year-old is potty training right now. And so what's made, making me happy this week was that after some initial setbacks where I thought, oh, God, this is going to be so much harder than my first kid, he has turned into a total pro. And uh, it's just been awesome. Uh, so I love this is going to this is this is the gross parenting moment because um, I am talking about my children and going to the bathroom. So skip forward if you find that gross. But like watch it. T- toilet training a child is uh can be very frustrating and annoying but it's also hysterical and kind of fun and you get to spend a lot of time one-on-one with your kid um and uh it, it's it's great and so i guess if i were going to get really specific the thing that's making me happy this week is watching my little two-year-old son sit on the toilet trying to poop and making little faces like it, you can't see them in the podcast but like watching him make those little faces was the funniest thing that I've seen in months. Um, and so what's making me happy is we've had many uh, toilet triumphs here in the, in the, the household and, uh, and uh, things are looking up and uh, we have one fewer person in diapers. We still have one remaining and will for a while, but, uh, but uh, yeah, that's, what's making me happy this week. How about you, Nate? How about Congrats, you, Reagan? <laughs> You're all welcome for the imagery. I just, <laughs> you know, parenting is parenting is like that. We and you, you know, Nate. We uh, lots of gross stuff happens, and sometimes it's great all very too. gross. We are, a, we are a, within you know the next six months or so going to be doing the same for our youngest, and we intend it to be done with kids and uh, having kids. <laughs> We can't be done with kids. (laughs) Drop them off. (laughs) Um, And uh, there's there are a few things I'm looking forward to more than not having to deal with divers. I have never. I just anyway. What's making me happy is uh, so I haven't had a lot of like capacity for much um, like gaming that isn't just complete goblin mode, basically. Um, And so, but I have with um, some friends jumped back into something that is actually one of my favorite games of all time. So uh, Age of Empires 2. I've talked about it a little bit on this show. Uh, I don't really engage in 
RTS games anymore. Um, I know that there's apparently this new uh, Dune one that people are really enjoying. But um, one of the games that I've probably spent, like if you looked at total hours of my life spent on an individual ga- video game, Age of Empires 2 is probably in the top 10 from my like middle school and early high school years. It's like all that I did. And uh, I kind of poked around at it over the years, but I haven't really played it for a long time. But they released a new version of it like in 2019, reskinned, completely upgraded, tons of quality of life stuff. And uh, me and some friends have been playing online um, just against each other. And it's been a ton of fun. Um, I love those games. So it's been fun to kind of go back into a game that I loved, uh, you know, from like the 90s and early 2000s and uh, get into it again. So that's what has been making me happy. That's awesome. I should give that a try sometime. I mean, I, I, I'll probably never approach the the lofty levels of uh, of someone who's been playing since the nineties. But well, those kinds no, of can hold be a on, lot of fun. though. It's fifth, like fifteen years of not playing in between. So my <laughs> what I what I have definitely recognized is that uh, you know I don't I don't know if I was really I really good at that time. I always thought I was really good at these games. But, um, you know, now playing now, I don't feel like I'm a particular expert at them at all. I've had to basically relearn a lot of it, you know, because it's been so long. But I'm able to pick it up pretty quickly because I did spend so much. But um, now you should play with us sometime. We're and there some of my friends that are playing with us have never played before ever. So there's, uh, you know, a wide range of of skills. But they're they're really fun games. And if you're into like history at all, um, there's some cool stuff in there that is, is really fun. That's cool. Is it just on Steam? Yeah. Um, yeah. What you want to look for is there's multiple versions at this point. So you want the definitive edition, um, uh-huh. which because there's also the HD edition in like 2013. They basically remastered it. And then in 2019 was another, you know, like redo. But it was a, it was a much Even bigger more HD. Well, like a total like. The 2013 one just tried to make it like playable on modern systems and and look a little nicer. But in 2019 one, they like added new civilizations and it's like it's just a significant upgrade. Cool. Well, uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, Had fun bringing it to you. And uh, it's been good to get back together for another episode. I know things have been a little shaky lately. It's mostly on me. Uh, Kids situation has been extra complicated with the infant lately. Um, But, uh, you know, looking forward to a exciting 2023, uh, the ninth year of the podcast. Um, Wow. And can you believe it? Yeah. Um, and so uh, looking forward to that and uh, and to bringing you game of the year type content towards the end of the year. That's coming up very fast, probably quite soon. Um, so uh, thank you so much for joining us and for supporting the show. You can support the show on Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash the short game. You can support us for even just a dollar a month. And everyone that does gets instant access to our discord which is where we talk about the show plan things chit chat about whatever else happens to be going on with the world of twitter in flames maybe you need a new place to chat with people about short video games well we would welcome you to our discord community uh or you can also find me on mastodon at reagan r-a-y-g-a-n at bird.rodeo um and uh laura where can people find you for now you can find me on twitter at laura j nash and nate where can people find you on twitter at nate stl and listeners once again thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the short game